0: glorious day today. Matthew Walt here, Hustle Like You Broke, back on the bus with my amazing co-hosts, recording episode 56. Snowing cold here in the Northeast, but I had an amazing morning. I was listening to a podcast about the history of protest Recorded by my 14-year-old daughter, Jocelyn's history class. She was the narrator. It was super cool. Very proud to say this young woman has fantastic taste. The soundtrack included Public Enemies Fight the Power, Rage Against the Machine, Killing in the Name, Kendrick Lamar's All Right, Nine Inch Nails Together. Not to mention Beyonce's Run the World, which is a women's empowerment sentiment that makes me very, very proud of her. She did a great job. Wanted to give that acknowledgement. We at Hust Like You Broke have had a lot of fun ourselves lately. Last week, we had Christina Raines from Headcount. Talk about timing with the inauguration. Thinking about the importance of voting, looking ahead to the midterm elections of 2022. Races in the Senate and the House that are going to be very important, gubernatorial races, mayoral races. It is always a good time to be engaging young people and encouraging them to participate in our democracy. So we appreciate Christina. Anyone who has not heard that episode, check it out. Before that, we had amazing tour manager, Angie Warner. We had my great friend, Stu Burke. We had Jen Kellogg from Showmakers, formerly of Warped Tour. Our guest today may have done Warped once upon a time, as I understand. I'd be curious, certainly ask him if they overlap. Uh, next week, we've got sooner Roth here. We've got... Uh, who is another partner, collaborator of today's guest. Uh, we've also got Tammy Blevins from C3 coming up. I love Tammy dearly. She is an amazing woman. We've got two amazing women from Sound Girls as well. So a lot going on here. Very excited about that. But without further ado, I got to bring out my favorite co house my favorite people, and, of course, today's guest, First up, Christine Dallas, how you doing? I'm fabulous. Sitting here in the beautiful tropics. It's nice
1: balmy 80 degrees. And, you know, just trying to take the little things in life and
0: hoping that one day in the near future, we may actually work again. (laughs) Always a positive outlook from Dallas. (laughs) Brother Banks, Chris Lee, what's going on, my man? Oh, living, you know, out here in... Sunny Los
1: Angeles right now, preparing to uh, build my art, get my life vest for my family as we uh, anticipate this storm that's going to uh, sweep us all away. So doing our breathing exercises, uh, <laughs> Phoenician Aquatic Club, we're ready. We're <laughs> ready to go ahead and go ahead and swim. Life jackets. <laughs> yes, life jackets. are ready to go. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. <laughs>
0: Excellent. And of course, I assume you are accompanied by your usual, there it is, your breakfast cocktail. Always yes, good yes. to see. Yes,
1: Excellent.
0: Yes. And, yes. and in your prep, I mean, I think it's a good thing for you and also for Brother Hamilton, who we'll be bringing out next, that you guys actually live to the south side of Los Angeles, unlike today's guest, who I believe is north of the city. I heard it actually snowed in Malibu a couple of days ago. I don't know that it was substantive. I can't imagine. It was probably more of a frost. It was but-
1: hell. It wasn't <laughs> snow. People see white things falling from the sky, and they think it's snow. It's It was hell.
0: Nevertheless, <laughs> there are those who would say the world is coming to a fucking end when you see substantive weather in Los Angeles County. Brother <laughs> Hamilton, what do you got to say about that?
1: Hunker down, stay balanced, stay warm. Don't let the uh <clears throat> frost get you, cause uh down here in Marietta it's uh it's moist. Uh, but it snows over here. It snows down here though. We get that real.
0: Copy you guys, that. You has gotta be in the
1: twenties, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, it was uh 22 last night. Uh-huh.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Well, I'm glad, Brother Hamilton, that you are back with us, that to my knowledge, you have not filed that litigation you referred to last (coughs) week. I hope that we have crossed the bridge, gotten over that, and we are, you know, back on the same page.
1: In the heat of the moment, you know, things get said, so, you know, you have to pull back and let it breathe, let it it beat for a minute, and uh, you come back strong, like, okay, you said some things that some choice words that could have bothered me if I had thin skin, but you know, being on the hustle, like you broke tour, you got to be strong in the paint. Can't call foul. So.
0: There it did is, you check there
1: with your is. legal counsel? No, yeah, I, I, hired them. I don't have to check. They I I check with me. It's not, it's in not other in words, he
0: contacted them. They said, you don't have a case. There's no money in this for you. So best to move on. Got it. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Well, with that in mind, without further ado, today's guest is, again, top of the pile. We, we raved about Angie, the amazing tour manager that uh, she is. But today's uh, guest right there, I mean, top of the pile, one of the greats, Hall of Famer, tour manager for incredible, incredible list of talent. Nine Inch Nails, Tool, Adele, Motley Crue, Beastie Boys, Linkin Park, LCD sound system, Sound Garden, Warped Tour in some capacity. I'd like to hear about that. Macy Gray, Usher, list goes on. Thank you for being with us, Jerome Crooks. We know you are no stranger to podcast webinars. We know you are a very busy man these days, so we appreciate you being with us. Thank you. Welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us on the bus today.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you.
0: Very good. Very. Did, yeah, yeah. First and foremost, an opportunity to correct me where I'm wrong, what I missed. I usually fuck up people's bios. If there's anything that uh, that you think is important that I should correct or, or you'd like to add,
2: uh, no, I, I I think you got uh, a, a large list in front of you. And so uh, there there are more, but uh, uh, yeah, definitely, uh, Warp Tour was the beginning. Uh, I, I worked for a promoter out of uh, Texas called Pace Concerts with Louis Messina, Bob Rue. Um, in that office, um, the underlings were uh, a guy named Brad Rusa, who's a day to day for Nickelback. Uh, there was Leslie Sparacino, Larry Weathers, uh, Brett Silberstein and Charlie Walker, who is now, uh, C3. Very nice. Very good. So
0: so let's, let's start there. And if you could tell us, I mean, I, I believe you're actually from Texas pace. Was that your first gig? Is that how you got in? How did you find yourself there? And, and then what got you out of that and onto the road?
2: Um, there was a, um, I jumped around, uh, from, from, you know, a junior college, uh, up in college station to North Texas, to the university of Houston, looking for, uh, a place where I can, you know, get into the music industry. Cause back then it was, you know, super hard. And, and the, the only college that I knew of that had music business was, um, uh, USC. Well, you know, having a single parent, you know, one income, there's no way any of us were, you know, going to USC. So, um, so I, you know, I, I ended up, uh, I was working at a bar uh, underground club called Power Tools back in the day. Um, If you're from, from Texas, you would know, but it's, it was, you know, the, the pretty much the it place to work. And, um, long story short, there was a, um, there was, uh, one of the the guys who was a SWAT team member was dating a girl. And, um, she and I ended up speaking after, uh, a shift one night and she told me that she worked for Pace and she said, you know, If you're looking for an internship, I can help you. You should come work with me. I ended up working with her for a long time. Her name is Becky Levin. And she she was basically the person that, uh, before Live Nation and SFX and Clear Channel, she would create these um, spreadsheets that everyone would settle off of. And um, she worked in the booking department, but she did everything. And so um, she taught me. She took me under her wing um, and ended up, I would do marketing on the side um, in in that department, but I would end up settling shows with her and she would teach me everything. And everything was, you know, a pencil and pen on a green sheet back in the day. And so, um, you know, she taught me how to do things the right way. Um, then you know, little by little, I'd start meeting production managers and tour managers, and um, and um, we basically, um, you know, I, I went up to Woodstock. Uh, I had a couple of days off, so I went to Woodstock up in New York um, in '92. <clears throat> Came across Kevin Lyman. Um, I was working for a guy named Bob Koch at Woodstock in, in the accounting uh, department. And um, so you would see all these production managers and, you know, Kevin, Kevin Lyman was working for uh, Porno for Pyros at that time. And um, and he and I were talking and he said, look, I have a tour starting next year. I want you to be a part of it. Um, it's called the Warp Tour. We started talking about it. You know, and and, um, and so I, I did not go out on the tour that year. Um, I, I ended up staying, staying with Pace, and um, but I promoted the show at the Astro Hall, which is a part of the Astrodome. And I don't know, there must have been like 3,000 kids. Um, I, I, I don't remember much, but I, I think there was no use for a name. Gwen Stefani, or, or um, No Doubt, um, and a couple other bands. Fast forward, a year later, uh, Kevin's like, hey, I have a position available, do you want to come? I said, sure. So I, I left Pace Concerts, started working for Kevin, um, doing, um, I would unload the trucks, I would set up, come back into the office, do the guest list, do press and promo and whatever he asked me to do, I would do it. So did that for the year. Um, as soon as I finished the Warp Tour that summer, I got a call from um, Brent Silberstein saying that uh, a, a band called the Ugly Americans were looking for a tour manager. Ugly Americans had a lead singer named Bobby Schneider. Um he should have been an incredible musician. I'm not sure what happened. I don't know where he is, but, you know, I'll leave it at that. Um, then um, uh, at the end of that tour, I ended up working with Kevin again. And, and uh, Kevin was the promoter on the show in L.A. And he said, um, hey, I, I need you to move to L.A. Um, I want you to work with me full time and i went home two weeks later moved out to cali uh basically lived with kevin and his family um up in um padua hills up uh claremont up in claremont i lived in pasadena but i spent every single moment with him and uh he and the family and I, i i worked on um out of his office i ended up doing I think ninety eight, ninety nine. I started working for him on the second Warp tour, and then I left in May of ninety nine because uh, Rick Roskin and Daryl Eaton um, recommended me for this this girl that had never toured and didn't know much about anything outside of um, music, and her name was Macy Gray. So, um, I started day one with Macy going to her house, picking her up to do a, a video and it was, um, get up, get out do something. Well, you know, we were supposed to be there at, I think we were supposed to leave her house at 6am. I kept knocking on the door, typical, you know, tour manager stories where you knock on the door and. She doesn't answer, her sister comes at 6.30, gets the door. She's like, what do you want? And I said, I need Macy. And she's like, oh, she's sleeping. I was like, oh, okay, well, we're here, we gotta go. So I had to go wake her up. And then we we uh, get up there, we're probably an hour and a half late, does her hair and makeup, she's still late. But um, we end up doing that video, uh, it took us four days. We're up in the hills of of um oh man um up off the 118 and um up in the up in the mountains and the the grass is like you know five inches, six inches tall, and it's beautiful. And so we as soon as we finish that video, we hop on a flight with the band, we go to Europe. Go to Europe, do a bunch of promo shows, um we fly back, Macy and I have to fly back to LA. The band fly to Miami, they have a week off in Miami. Macy and I go back, we have to do another day of the, the video. And, um, you know, it's macro-romantic, so everything has to be perfect. And so we do another day of that, then we fly back to Miami. I mean, you know, it, it, it was uh, two years, with Macy Gray that first, um, the first year we were international 13 times, um, nine times in Europe and the UK and the rest in South America and Australia, New Zealand. And I mean, we, we hit it hard in the first six months, nothing, no bites, no one, no one cared. And, um, until, one one uh, Christmas, that that Christmas, Madonna passed out. I think she bought a hundred CDs of the top three artists that she liked. Macy Gray was one of them. Got in the hands of uh, Rosie O'Donnell, and from doing that, um, you know, from that transition of here you go, Rosie O'Donnell. Macy Gray ends up doing the Rosie O'Donnell show and she explodes and shit takes off. And then, and then we're traveling, we're hitting it even harder than we we had before. Um, it was, it was a hard life. It, it, it was a really hard life because we would, you know, there were no breaks. I remember we flew from Australia. We did a tour in Australia. We, We flew back, we landed, we had to go straight to a, um, straight from LAX, straight to, um, Santa Monica to do an E3 promotion. And what we ended up doing is we, we did a, um, sound check. Then we had to, we had to, uh, we drove down to San Diego. We did a radio show in San Diego. We took two private planes back to Santa Monica to do the show that night at E, um, the the E three conference um, had two days off. I got fired that night. Um, oh, oh, oh no! Went back to Orlando to do the Rosie O'Donnell show. From there, straight to Jer- Jerusalem. I didn't go to either. Come back. They came back. I got hired. I got fired three times, and I quit twice. <laughs>
1: that was my life with macy
2: sounds (laughs) accurate (laughs) i mean she literally and and it's funny it's funny now but like um you know we're at the sony studios we it was it was a crazy night like i just remember her like you know i'm in line at sony studios and i just remember feeling this slow motion this elbow, armpit on my shoulder and this big hand coming and smacking my plate. And she's like, I fucking told you you're fired. Get the fuck out of here. And i was like, fuck it. I'm out. So I left, you know, and it's like there was a girl named Jennifer Hawks who worked for Andy Slater and Nick Van Meer. They're like, don't leave. We need you. And I'm like, I'm going home. I'm here. It's easy. I'll be home in 15 minutes, you know, so yeah, they, there was all sorts of Macy Gray stories, but you know, it's 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 uh, funny funny to relive and and think about those um, those moments, and that's where I met Angie Warner because Macy Gray was opening for the Dave Matthews Band. They had two two stadium shows in each city. There, and I think Macy had like. Ten of those shows.
0: So, all right. Well, we appreciate uh, you you illustrating the grind of those early days, some of the uh, trials and tribulations. Uh, my biggest takeaway, to be honest, was just in terms of the importance of the networking and the connections and the referrals that one gig leads to the next and where you start and where you go and what you do with that. And I call attention to that specifically because that's become an important focus of these last few years in your career. And, and I'd like to set that aside and come back to that because I think that's too important to jive right into now. Um, I'd like to hear a little more about your philosophy on the road before we talk, you know, really about what drives you and the things that are important to you now. Um, for one, I- I'm told you actually, you don't drink on the road. Is that the case? Tell us uh, where that comes from. I don't drink from. at all. You don't drink at all. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I am
2: I, I, um, working for Pace Concerts. Um, there's a guy named Steve Lawler. And Steve Lawler is, if you don't know his story, you should go research. And uh, there's a podcast that uh, Chris Cancy, production manager um, is yeah. doing. And there's a guy named Steve Lawler. Steve Lawler's, he, he worked for Pace Concerts, Live Nation for, you know, as you know, when the Noah's Ark was built, like he's been there <laughs> since the beginning. He is, he went down in the plane crash, uh, with Leonard Skinner. Um, and he, he loves to drink and he entertains with alcohol. And I, I got my, um, you know, I got my, my golden wings from Steve Lawler and Bob Rue and those guys back in the day. And, you know, everything you did, you, you had a drink. And I remember my 25th birthday and and keep in mind, I, I, I didn't start drinking until I was 22. I, I would drink on the weekends only, you know, Friday, Saturday night and, and, you know, go to work, um, you know, the other days. But, um, when I was 25, my 25th birthday, I remember going to dinner at, um, uh I know I, I know I can see it in my in my head, but um before dinner even started, I I I I was at the office, we were doing Goldschlager shots. And mm. those guys were all about Goldschlager and Jägermeister back then. And
0: Terrible. No wonder you quit uh. drinking. Oh, I the, love uh, Jäger. Jaeger's delicious. T- <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs>
2: yeah. By the time I got to dinner, I was like I'll take one of those fruity da da I didn't even make it to appetizers and like Oof. my roommate drove me home I threw up all the way home that was the last time I drank and okay. I turned 50 in November so yeah
0: <laughs> good wow. for you okay <laughs> that okay.
2: was that was a big education right there so um uh, so yeah I do not drink and and I I don't mind it um, I I didn't go into a program but you know, there's certain things that I want to do. I want to ride motorcycles. You know, I I, I want to wake up fresh in the morning. Um, I have a four-year-old. He wakes up in the middle of the night and keeps me up. And, you know, I just, I, I, would, I would rather be fresh than anything. And the artists that I work with, I I dedicate um, my time and I dedicate, um my, my energy into making sure that I have information and I provide them with with information about every single city that we're going into. And I reach out to, um, chefs in every, every single city. Um, I have a friend named, um, um, Rachel that, She's introduced me to all these top celebrity chefs around the country, and so like if I'm going through a certain city, I'll reach out to you know, um, you know uh, Royster uh, in Chicago. I'll reach out to that restaurant, and um, um, you know, there's there's just people around the country that I I, I stay in touch with and. So I dedicate my time to making sure that we have a great meal when we go into that city, um, dedicate, um, my time into making sure that we have activities or that I'm not getting blindsided. So I get paid to do a job and I want to do a job the best I can do. So I, I I believe the reason why I still have Soundgarden and Nine Inch Nails and Tool as clients is because... I dedicate my time. And my day sheets are not, you know, a paragraph. My day sheets are usually uh, two pages. And I'll give you the weather for four days so that you can always know what's happening in each city. I give you um, the next week of of, uh, dates. Um, I give you information about if there's a basketball game or, you know, Squash or any of that bullshit in each city. Squash,
0: <laughs> yeah. squash is important. I'm Got it. Yes, I'm rolling. Everybody I'm out rolling. there, take note. Squash, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, squash, That should so, be your takeaway right here. Big you know, in
2: 2021, i You know, <laughs> Batman. Um, you know, um, highlight. So, yeah, that's right. No, I'm. I'm just so you know, I'm. I'm. I'm all about the NFL. I'm all about fantasy football. I'm Raiders. A, I'm a die. <laughs>
1: Oh, go please. Oh, here we go. oh, please! Here I here we go. Please, I was actually going to please
2: school I'm, him. Would you? I'm a diehard Houston Oilers fan. I was crushed. Uh, I was crushed when the Buffalo Bills came in and and beat us down way back in the day. You know, we were, we were ahead 23 points, and they came back and beat us 31 to 23 or something. <laughs> and then when they left, I couldn't leave with them. I couldn't be a Titans fan. And when they came back, they became the Texans. I couldn't get down with it. So the only thing I get down with right now is fantasy football. It's, okay. it, love it. Love it. Love it. So. Um, you have
0: anybody from the Raiders on your team? Kyle, no. Kyle's squad? No, I didn't think so. Well, Just I,
2: I definitely don't. I did last year. I will tell you. And I see your face, Kyle. Um, but. Um, i contemplating you know, litigation I, again. <laughs> I went to I went to high school, or actually, I graduated long ago, but uh David Carr went to my high school.
0: Okay.
2: Um, you know, um I'm friends with um Clay Helton. He was the head of USC. We all went to high school together. Um another another buddy of mine, Rich Fisher, played ball at Nebraska for a long time and, and, uh, and oh, sorry, Colorado and coached at Nebraska for a long time. Like, you know, I'm, I'm all about football. Love it. You know, Very
1: so. Cool. Uh, I like warm, yeah. huh? He was official.
2: Yeah. You know, he, 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 he was bad. He, he definitely was, you know, there, there were a lot of them back in the day, you know, but I'm, I'm still, I, I still uh, love you blue, you know, so, yeah. All right. Yeah.
0: So, so back on track, back on track. I appreciate you highlighting, you know, some of the uh, elements of your day sheet, the importance of sobriety and dedication to your clients, what have you, but you talked about your four-year-old son. So how do you balance home work, you know, work-life balance when you're on the road?
2: Well, you know, he, he and I speak, well, w- we would speak every night, FaceTime. Um, I'm in the middle of doing the guest list and trying to get doors open and he calls. So there's no there's no time for him. It's just he calls. I pick up, you know, I'm I'm in a conversation with with the band member. I'm like, excuse me, just give me one sec. Mm-hmm. So that's that's um, it's really important to me because um, my father wasn't around for me when I was a kid. My father started coming around once Bowie was born. Um, And there's, there's a whole different, you know, uh, conversation there because I want to be the greatest father out there, you know? Um, And um, if I, if I, don't have that, then, you know, being a black man in this day and age, you want to be the best that you can be. So when he has come and woken me up every day since March, when I've been home, you know, come, he comes in at, you know, one in the morning, three in the morning, whatever, whatever it is. Daddy, will you sleep, sleep with me? I will pick him up. I'll carry him and stumble to his room. And I will lay with him, you know, and nine times out of 10, I end up falling asleep in the room with him. But I want to make sure that he remembers that, you know, that I'm there. So the balance of being on the road and being a good parent is is definitely hard. Um, he understands what I, I I do for a living and he wants to come out and, and travel when we get back out on the road. And, and I think that's cool. I think it's, it's great. I will educate him not to be on the road and educate him to, you know, think about, you know,
1: <laughs> being an attorney, you know, the, the, the,
2: the, the attorney that uh, works in the music side of things. Cause you see they are still working and they are still bringing in big, big money. So, you know,
0: well,
2: all um, makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, it, I, I I love everything about that answer, but one of the things that really caught my mind was <laughs> that you've actually developed a rapport and a level of respect with your clients that you could be in the middle of something important with them, and when your son it, you know calls, not only are you you know a great father that you'll answer, but that they are cool about you saying take your son go talk to you know recognizing we know artists i'm not going to call anybody out but we know artists yeah. that would immediately look at you sideways like are you fucking crazy yeah. i'm yeah. here right now and you, you know that you so so i guess the question along those lines is you know is that a quality what if what is the quality you look for in the clients that you have? That you've got your pick, I would imagine, of of incredible artists contacting you. And, you know, you might not get every gig, but you're always in the mix. Is there something you're looking for when you go after it and say, I want to work with that person?
2: I don't want to work with an asshole. Mm. That's it. That's it. I, I, I want to be able to laugh. I want to be able to enjoy my dinner. I don't want to work with an asshole.
0: Okay. 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 So... That's I it. mean that that's fair. That's fair and I appreciate that. Succinct yeah. and to the point. I, I, I want to ask w-
2: when I was younger, I would work with anyone mm-hmm. to to build up my resume and and I would do anything. Now that I'm older, family first. I will there do is. my job and I'll do I, I will do a great job for you as long as you treat me well. But if you're an asshole, fuck you.
0: Well, that, that is something to aspire to and an important lesson, uh, I, I believe, in terms of being voracious and going after it when you're young. But, you know, aspiring to a time when you don't have to uh, work with just anyone, that you can make those choices and much respect for doing so. Um, I want to ask you a, a somewhat of a diff- difficult question now, though. I, when you work with as many artists as you have, you know, sometimes tragedy happens. You've been close to at least three artists that I'm aware of when tragedy has happened. When with Chester from Linkin Park, with uh, MCA from the Beastie Boys and. um, Oh, and Chris Cornell. Yeah. Soundgarden. Um, I mean, how has that shaped your, your perspective on the year since?
2: Well, with, um, with, uh, the Beastie Boys, um, I was, I was doing an art installation with Mike D in LA. Um, uh, it, it, it was art and music, uh, at MoMA in LA and we got the call, uh, that night that, he wasn't going to make it through, through the night. And they, um, the management team, um, you know, John Silva, John Cutcliffe, they are the greatest, uh, individuals, uh, out there. And if, if, if you're an artist, like that is where you want to be because they support you, they take care of you. They are family. Um, they, um, we knew it was coming, I think the month before, um, we had done the rock and roll hall of fame and, uh, and, and we knew, we knew what was happening. So we prepared, but you know, when it happened, it still hurt. You know, I remember speaking with, uh, Bill Ramey that morning and we couldn't control ourselves. You know, we were, you know, in tears. Um, um you know with with Chris Cornell it was it was different because I I was leaving the tour the day that it happened or sorry the the day before it happened I left the tour so I met Chris at the airport in Detroit I walked into um his security guy Martin um so from the terminal to to the car um there was a week left in the tour i flew back to la to pick up tool hmm. and by 9:30 that night i landed and went home by 9:30 that night i got a call from from his wife um telling me you know what happened and screaming in my ear and i called the band and um and inform them, and so that was um, very difficult to to deal with, and not being present. Um, but it was it was difficult just in general, you know, uh, to receive that word. And two months later, to the day, to that date, um, it was my 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 son's first birthday. Mm. um January or um July 20th and um and I woke up and I was you know excited about the day I um uh I got a text message from Rich Schaefer who was the day-to-day for Soundgarden at the time and he said Mm. hey um you need to you need to pay attention because uh Chester is gone And I'm like, what do you mean gone? He's like, he took his life. And I was like, wow. So I was up on cloud nine and it just went straight down. Um, That day is also Chris Cornell's birthday. Uh, And it's like, it was just heavy, heavy, heavy. Um, Those were the things that, uh, those were the emotions. So those were all hard times. You know, Chester was uh, in, incredible um he um one of the nicest guys you know one of the best parts about lincoln park and he was very warm and welcoming
0: um
2: so yeah that's you know chris um i remember the week a week before um as soon as he got to the venue in tuscaloosa Um, we had Randy Johnson on the road with us, uh, the big unit, um, Mm -hmm. Randy Johnson. Um, he would travel with the band and take photos. And I just remember Chris came into the office and he sat down and he's talking to, um, he's talking to, um, Uh, Don Van Cleve, Rich Schaefer and Randy Johnson. And he's just sitting in there in there laughing. And it was a rare moment because typically he would get to the venue an hour before he would warm up, he'd go on stage and then do his thing, you know, and then he would leave. So um, for him to hang out and laugh and just be normal, it was it was incredible. So, yeah.
0: So. Let's shift gears again. You've obviously had a storied and uh, illustrative career on on the road. And, and as I referenced in the beginning, you've made some substantial efforts to kind of pay it forward and build networking opportunities for more people, both young people coming into the industry, as well as people that uh, are young, as well as people that are already in the industry. So I guess Let's start with Never Famous. Tell us about your company, Never Famous.
2: So uh, Never Famous is basically about the people that are behind the scenes. We're not meant to be famous, right? Uh, if we are, then, you know, we should be doing something else. Um, <laughs> so um, Never Famous is a, it, it's a database. It's a tool for people in the industry Um to basically market themselves. So if you are a tour manager, uh, you, you go in and build a profile, you put your name, email address, uh, the last four, three or four notable tours, um, your, your domestic airport versus international, some of you only have one airport. Um, Christine has three or four airports. She's, <laughs> she's kind of lucky down there um you you upload your resume and then you go in and you put your calendar dates that you're available versus when you're not available so if a manager goes in and says he's looking for a tour manager he puts in march 1st of 2021 through you know december of 2022 um it will populate everyone that is available versus not uh, available so um so that is, um, you know, that's, that's basically never famous. So with the other part of this that I'm working on is, uh, diversity. So I've been working with Noel Skaggs from, um, fits in the tantrums. And she and I have been working on, um, uh, sharing the message of, um, there are qualified people uh in this industry that deserve to uh, a chance to work with uh bands out there that are on a larger scale um a-list bands you know the 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 Coldplays of the world the depeche modes uh you know whatever it may be um it, it's um this is our opportunity to share that information with everyone, with managers who will listen, production managers, tour managers, to give people of color a, a an opportunity to be put forward for these tours. So one of the, the, the things that we've been working on, um, the, sooner who you will speak with next week with her company, even, uh, we've been reaching out to, um, uh you know um the amazing incredible michael strickland who has been a voice for our industry right now uh, you know he's speaking with the white house today uh he's reaching out on our behalf to get to to let us work on the front lines and help move people and traffic and, and, and um, set up these vaccination areas and, and let us do that work because we know how to um, we know how to move this industry and we know how to uh, set up, you know, and deal with operations and deal with logistics and the people in the parking lot that are the nurses and the, the young staff that know how to, you know, inject, make these injections instead of holding tents or doing whatever bullshit they're doing, let them get in there and give more shots. Now us not having enough vaccinations is one thing, but I believe they're trying to get, you know, more, uh, vaccinations out there, um, uh, or vaccines out there so that we can give the vaccinations. So, um, so back to what we're saying, um, Michael Strickland, uh, John Huddleston at Upstaging, um, you know the team over at PRG. Uh, we we are trying to talk to the larger um, vendors out there to uh, about diversity and and looking in the direction of community colleges and not just looking at Berkeley, USC, and Belmont, but Um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm a big believer of high schools because I'm one of those products that came from high school into this industry. And, and, you know, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, one of those things that I believe in. And I, I, I believe that we, um, we can hopefully, um, make this industry a lot, uh, diverse, and now's the time since everyone has the time to listen, but it just depends on who you are if you're open to giving other people a chance. With the vendors, it's about giving uh, any, anyone from the community colleges or high school, or whatever, an opportunity to build and expand and make sure that the people that are coming into their industry are getting a proper education.
0: So if I could summarize quickly, because you just covered a number of bases, and you also went ahead and answered a couple of my next questions already. So Never Famous is effectively a platform for networking and uh, creating and sourcing opportunity. Marketing uh, diversify yourself. The, with Exactly. Diversify yep. the stage with uh, with Noelle is very much about education, creating opportunity, and uh, in, enhancing and increasing... Uh, opportunities for diversity and bringing more people into the industry, um, and even, which uh, we'll talk more about with sooner, but even is also about educational opportunities. It's about internships, mentoring, master classes, what have you. All of which, I mean, overlaps the things that we talk about here every week. We will wholeheartedly support where you're coming from, what you're talking about in terms of the importance of education. The importance of diversity, the importance of using this opportunity uh, to kind of have a reset in the industry and come out stronger and uh, better and preparing for the future and creating more opportunities. And, and I wholeheartedly agree again about, you know, starting at the high school level and getting kids in and, and making them aware of, you know, the pipeline, the pathway, you know, they are not, not everyone is so fortunate to meet someone who can give them a job at a major regional national or international promoter. Um, you know, but, uh, and, and, but there are opportunities to, to educate oneself to seek volunteer Uh, opportunities to seek mentoring and internship possibilities. Um, You know, we're I, I again, mentorship to me is is kind of is kind of what my number one in terms of bringing people in and engaging them in conversation and giving them the opportunity to ask questions and bringing groups of young people backstage while on tour and showing them the jobs and what people do and giving them that up close and personal look and opportunity to talk and engage people such as all of us here. And, uh and I always enjoy those opportunities on tour, and I definitely appreciate what you're trying to do. And again, what you're trying to do extends not just for people coming in, but people that are already in the industry, and not just with Never Famous, but why don't you also tell us a little bit about the TPA, the Touring Professionals Alliance?
2: So, um, yeah, I have my hands full right now. So <laughs> with, <laughs> with the TPA, uh, the Touring Professionals Alliance, we are doing a couple of things. Um, mental health is a big thing for us right now. We want to make sure that we have our, our, our crew, our family back when all of this subsides. And the goal is that we are reaching out to our crew. We're sharing information, we're sharing resources. Um, you know, we're, we're, uh, sharing information about food banks. Um, you know, there's, there's, um, a company called the Sims Foundation out of Austin, um, that, you know, if, if, um, if, if someone's having issues with their mental health, like they will help them with resources and get them, you know, if you need to go to a clinic or whatever it may be, they are there to help, um, guide you and direct you and bring you in. Um, you know companies like musically fed people that that need uh food during this time musically fed are feeding people i think uh starting this saturday in nashville for the next 6 weeks like they will give you like groceries like mm. beyond you know like major amounts of protein and canned food and dry goods and milk and cheese and not government cheese that you guys, you know, you, you guys know well. Um, uh, uh, who else? There's um, the Music Health Alliance. Uh, for those of you that don't have insurance or if your insurance is too high, they they um, will help you with finding um you know, giving you options on um, if your current insurance company is is gouging you, they may be able to help you, and they be, may be able to end up being your insurance company. Um, also, if you had any medical bills that you know is like fifty thousand dollars and you can't afford to pay it, they will go through your bills and look and see what they can do to help you, and maybe give you a grant. So. The resources part, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to share information so that the people out there that never knew about these companies are now looking in that direction. The other thing that we're doing is we partnered up with uh, an iron chef named Chef Lee uh, and eight or 10 top chefs out there like Marcus Samuelson from Red Rooster uh, Stephanie Izzard from The Girl and the Goat, uh, Chef Ludo from Petite Trois here in L.A., um, uh, Jessica Koslow from Squirrel. Uh, since mid-December, we, our organization teamed up with them to feed um, hot meals for you and your family uh, during this time in Nashville, Chicago, L.A., New York, uh, two restaurants per week, and um, uh, today is our final day in in, in um, those four cities. And then we're moving to uh, St. Louis in mid-February. We're moving to Austin with Musically Fed and Charlie Hernandez and Jake Berry, um, where they will go in and give uh, 200 families uh, in the music industry groceries for a month. Then we will follow behind them on the Tuesday, Thursday for two weeks and do hot meals. Um, uh, From there, uh, Vegas, the Bay Area, um, probably back to Nashville because um, we have a large request for help there. Um, Detroit, Portland, uh, we have a long list of cities that we want to hit. We have to raise money. That's the biggest thing right now, um, is the chefs are giving us their time and their their recipes and um, the use of their kitchen, and we're trying to help uh, feed and bring awareness to you know what we're trying to do to help our crew. So basically, some people are like, well, you know, we're good, we don't really need it. We you know we're, we 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 have our bills paid, but share it with other people you know, it's, it's not about that. It's more about, um, us helping our fellow crew. It's, it's, it's about them taking whatever money they were going to spend that night on dinner for their family and putting it towards other bills to make sure that other things are, 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 getting dealt with properly. So, um, and it's about sharing the information. So, um, like I said, um, today's the last day with the Lee initiative and, and the four cities that we've been working on, but our goal is to hit, you know, as many cities between now and, you know, you know, all the way up through next year. We, we, you think that we're going back to work, you know, this summer or at the end of, you know, the end of the year, but My prediction, and this is just a prediction from, you know, a fat old man in Sherman Oaks, is that (laughs) (laughs) is that uh, if we go back to work, it'll be November, December, and it'll only be about 10 or 15 percent of the bands that will go back to work Um, as each month goes by. January, February, March, we may get an additional 10%. You gotta remember, there are, for every venue, there's probably four or five or six holes on each venue, starting with the NBA, NHL, Disney on Ice, and all the bands that are trying to get that Tuesday and that Thursday and that Friday you're going to have so many bands trying to collide on doing dates. It's going to be impossible. So not everyone's going to be working right away. And that's what I don't think people are thinking about that. I think Mm -hmm. they're just thinking like, when are we going back out on the road? Mm -hmm. So that that's an arena stadiums are easier. What's 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 harder is if we're going back in November, December amphitheaters are going to be closed. Right. Theaters will be open, but theaters are going to have clubs and theaters are going to be packed with. With with holes, so I can't really see everyone going back to work right away. So that's why we're, we're trying to continue our initiative and raise money um, to keep feeding our crew and keep mo- moving forward. So. um tpa um it's about sharing information it's about building and it's about um building a a a unit and starting a conversation because Um, i don't know about you guys but i know i only dealt with my crew on all the bands that i work for i didn't Speak with everyone else out there because it, I don't know everyone else out there, and I know that um, we. This is our chance to, you know, communicate and share information and continue sharing and and uh, keep it moving.
0: Well, that's why we're here, to, to have those conversations and talk about keeping it moving and hear the thoughts that people have and uh, ways to move the industry forward. So thank you for articulating all of that. Mm-hmm. I uh, I hate that I agree with your timeline for getting back to work, but I'm increasingly of the opinion myself that... It's more likely 22, and we'll be very lucky if we get to do much of anything this year. Dallas, I still haven't heard that rolling loud isn't happening on May 8 and 9, but I'm increasingly of the opinion that that would be fucking crazy, if I mean, possible.
2: <laughs> Look at Glastonbury.
0: Now, yeah. uh, Glassbury, of course, when Glastonbury fell, it begged the question: What happens with the rest of Europe? We're still waiting. You know, Lala Stockholm was the one that said that announced and said we're going forward, but are they? Really? Like, didn't Sweden learn their lesson when they tried to open early and keep things open the first time? I'm sorry, Dallas, please. What were you saying? No, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I think the other issue is, you know,
1: just passing through Europe is not what it once was, you know, with the issues of the UK and the EU. I think that's also going to provide another big issue to all of us who are in the U.S.,
0: Well, that's Um, especially a cluster for people that are from the UK. The UK in particular, they're the ones that are stymied the most, which is the most fucked up of the whole situation. Um, But for all of us... You know, the going back and forth, the dealing with visas as a tour manager, that's going to get a lot more complicated, you know, for moving production equipment, trucks, buses back and forth. This notion of you can only go to three countries before you have to return to the UK if you're taking anything out of there. Um, All of that is TBD. And, you know, I'm also increasingly of the opinion that a rush back to work is actually the worst thing that we can do right now because, all of our efforts to move things forward and improve um, you know, practices and standards and what have you go out the window in a rush back to work. So uh, the, I guess the silver lining is hopefully we have the time To, you know, do the things that we need to do. But again, I realize that also puts a crunch on some of your uh, efforts, Jerome, in terms of keeping people fed in the meantime and creating opportunity for them. So where, by the way, I, I, I'm you know, receiving the weekly TPA, you know, uh, day sheets. I'm signed up for that. I hope everybody else here is. Um, where can people sign up to get more information on the TPA and where can they sign up with Never Famous in order to be entered into that database as well?
2: So as far as the TPA, they can just go to touringprofessionals.com and they will get information uh, on the, the the feeding projects that we're doing. Um, and if they go to get involved, there's a survey or sorry, there's, um, yeah, there's a survey, a link there, and, uh, we will get you information, uh, for that. As far as never famous, uh, go to neverfamous.com, never famous.com and and, um, you know, start building a profile, you know, well, market yourself and it's okay. free.
0: You know? There it is. Yeah. Well, Jerome, it sounds like you got your hands full again. Never famous. Diversify the stage. Mm-hmm. TPA. Even, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out you also collaborate with Digby and showmakers. We talked about Jen Kellogg, who yeah. was recently with us. Um, you know, we know that you participated in Nam along with them in the, in the past couple of weeks. By the uh, way, so Nam, yes.
1: uh,
2: I I had the worst day, the worst interview. I, I had allergies really bad and I did not Uh-oh. want to be there. I did not want to. And I, I know they asked me a question and I started talking about Venus and Mars. Like, that's how bad it was. I was like, so, you know. I, I think
0: you're probably the only one who noticed that, but I understand okay. and appreciate All right. All right. why you wanted to point that out. All right. um, All right. <laughs> again, your efforts are very much appreciated. We applaud you. We appreciate you being with us here today. Uh, we hope our listeners will uh, start paying attention to to your efforts. We hope those that aren't already connected to the TPA and the resources that you're creating I mean, we all know people that are struggling right now, and it is extremely important to the work that you're doing. So thank you for that. I
2: mean, there's no shame in getting food. Mm -hmm. I I keep telling people, come get the food. Like Kyle and Chris, today at Squirrel, you know, you guys can come get food. You guys are right down the road, and you can take that, that money And put it towards something else you know so yeah
0: well Jerome before we get you out of here we always ask a series of very quick hits uh, just to give a little more illustration to our our listeners on you as a human Uh, your first tour what was that
2: ugly Americans
0: Copied that. I was hoping actually, by the actually, way. Actually,
2: the first tour was Warp Tour.
0: I was the gonna first, say it was I was hoping we'd have talked about Warped earlier. I meant to actually ask you a question about that. Yeah, I might yeah. now finish your thought, please.
2: First tour was Warp Tour, first band was Ugly Americans, first international band was Bauhaus. Done. So
0: now we had Shelly Limbrandler from Ta Da with us you know, uh, some time ago, also great episode, go back and listen to that. Um, she talked about iced tea and the whole concept of pimp and past it. She talked about, you know, the, the one meal a day, deep and narrow approach to, uh, feeding her crews. We also, when we had Jen Kellogg, she talked about unfucking the box box office. office. We've had a number of Key catchphrases about Warped Tour come out of this podcast. Do you have one that you can add to the mix?
2: I I do not have one because Shelly Lynn, let me just tell you about (laughs) Shelly Lynn. When I met her on the first Warped Tour, I fell in love. She had, you know, she was 24 maybe, long blonde hair. She was wearing like a vintage dress. From head to toe, and she was in white roller skates, and I was like, "Who is this?" You know, like, um, that's how she got around the the venues, you know. Um, but I, you know, Warp Tour for me, it was it was long days because I was Kevin's right hand man. There was a tour manager, but everything that I did was you know i did all the contracts with kevin all the deal points everything that um we had to do um prior to going on the road so i knew all the budgets i knew every i knew more than the tour manager right because that was my job um and i spent my my morning um trying to wake up before kevin He would normally get up at 5.30 in the morning, laying out the site. Um, I wouldn't get up till 6.30. And um, when I would get up, we would start unloading trucks. And that was a huge workout for me, is we would unload 12 trucks. We would get the sponsorship world set up. I would go in, start dealing with contracts. I would start dealing with um, guest list. I would do everything I could. Once I finished that, I would go back, I would pack everything up, you know? Um, and so my days were 6 AM till, you know, one or two in the morning. And I don't really remember that much except for hot ass asphalt, (laughs) stinky generators with some scent of urine. Um, (laughs) Of course,
0: you <laughs> make it yeah. sound so uh, glamorous. And, that's accurate. Well, Sounds no, awesome. I'm just I'm just telling you I'm I'm yeah. telling
2: you exactly what I remember. Um, I remember um,
1: the smell of money.
2: I, I definitely didn't see that. Um,
1: <laughs> didn't
2: see or smell that. Um, I remember uh, Mike from Social Distortion being very, very good to me. Um, the guys from Pennywise were incredible people. Um, yeah, my, my memory is, I remember Detroit. I remember uh, this guy named Eminem on one stage, and I remember this guy named Kid Rock on another. Um, I remember, and, and they only did Detroit. I remember, um, and and back then on, on Warped and maybe it's the same now, um, or sorry, I, I know it's no longer, but we would roll into a city and it would be that whatever band was coming out at that time that, you know, they were still doing clubs, but they were doing numbers. Jacksonville, this band called Limp Biscuit. you know, and that's when Limp Biscuit was like, I think they did our tour and literally a month later they were doing, you know, big arenas. Um, and I think towards the end of Warped Tour, it was the same with this girl named Billie Eilish, hmm. you know, um, this girl Kevin named Katy Perry. Right. Nobody,
0: yeah. people don't think about that. She, she as a pop yeah. princess started out on the Warped Tour.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and um, I know, you know, there's certain people that shit on the Warp Tour, but it's like I cut my teeth on the Warp Tour, mm-hmm. so I I I know we did one year 19 shows in a row, and we did 21 shows in a row. Mm-hmm. So for those little fuckers out there, young tour <laughs> managers out there that are bitching and complaining that they have to do fucking three shows in a row, go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. So, oh. You
0: know. Wow! Wow! Well, we actually—I'm going to take a slightly contrary opinion to that. And I appreciate that very much. I've That's told the story of, of how the time I yes, did it a yeah. There's a
2: warp tour quote. There's
0: your yeah. point. There 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 well and Christine school <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Now, I have told the story before about that, that when I was a promoter and I was booking dates and once I did a fifteen in a row and looking back on that you know, myself, the agent, the manager, we were counting our money. We were not considering the hardship on the crew. And I'm sure you would agree that there is a considerable hardship on the crew. So it's easy to, to poke fun. But yeah. when you're cutting your teeth, that's the shit you got to do. And I shit think that is an accurate and appropriate take. Yeah.
2: So so I look at the, the young guns out there, you know, and, and in and the minute I hear something or somebody bitching, I'm like, did you do the warp tour? No, I wouldn't do that tour. Well, go fuck yourself. So that's it, you know, and no one can talk shit on me because I've, I've loaded, I've unloaded, I've fucking, I've done everything, you know? Um, So yeah. I, and I love talking shit. I'm just, I'm going to be real right now. Like normally I'm really funny, but I knew we had a certain limited time and and I talk shit and I do what I do. And um, but, um, you know, I didn't want to laugh and tell jokes. But, I you know, I know we didn't have time for all that. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, we, we appreciate the comedy. Yeah, we share too. that. We would encourage you to come back and we yes. can just have a comedy session yeah. between us. Yeah, You'll yeah, see yeah. that, especially when, when Kyle AKA Mr. Motherfucker and me start getting into it, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's, that's how we roll all day long. All right. All right. So there all it right. is. So. Um, I mean, my next question is, is there a moment or experience you want to, you know, share with us that kind of, you know, really crystallizes, uh, you know, your career for us, but, uh, I feel like you've already shared a couple of those. You're certainly welcome to, to, to pass.
1: I
2: mean, you know, every, everything that we do is, is, uh, it's hard work. It's, it's difficult and you're going to get along with, um, certain people and you're not, you know, um, you're going to be, um, you know, the shining star in, in certain times and you're not and you know i've worked with um i i've worked with certain artists that i just did not get along with and you know i've worked with um i worked with motley Crue, vince and i you know we we just didn't jive you know um and and it's you know they've been doing it for a long time they're probably used to a certain way i'm used to communicating i'm used to talking to the artist um you know um you know i I worked with mariah for three weeks with jim digby and jeff moss and it was it was the worst three weeks because (laughs) she had she had a manager this lady which i will not name um that didn't know shit about touring and she she made Mariah late and, you know, I, I've, I've heard great things about Mariah. Unfortunately, I didn't experience the great things with Mariah during that time. But the minute that lady was gone, I, I see the difference in Mariah. Um, I, I know she did a, a Christmas show a couple of years ago that something happened with the audio and, you know, she walked off stage. That was during that, that tenure of that, that, that manager. Mariah came back on fire this year. She, I'm not a Mariah fan, right? But I want to say kudos to her and getting her life straight and, and, and surrounding herself back with the people that take care of her. You know, um, Al Mack is, is one of those people that, take care of her and uh um when when um when al mac is a de- detective in the new york area and when adam Yauk mca passed away i hired al mac and his team to go around and post up at each of the houses of the guys to make sure that they were okay um So I give, you know, I give a little shout out to Al Mack, you know, because he took care of business and he takes care of her. So,
0: yeah. Okay. Just two more things for you today, then. If there is any one thing about the industry you'd like us to change or do better moving forward, what is it? Um,
2: I, I think we need to educate people on what we do. Um you know, people want to get into this industry and it's hard. It's hard to get into the industry. So we need to create an avenue to make it easier so that, um, people can either, um, grow and, and keep growing or, um, or they fail and they get, they, they get the fuck out and they keep moving to the next job. So, um, You know, people need to know that this is, for me, this is, um, it's not, it's not about fun. I, I work my ass off. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I, I, I'm all about clarity and being straightforward with the the people that I work with. And this is my livelihood. And if I fuck that up, I can't get into Australia. I can't get into Canada. I can't get into the UK. Um, you can't get into those countries, you can't work, you know? So for me, this is, um, this is very important about, uh, what I do and and who I am. So,
0: yeah, there it is. Well, we'll get you out with a softball. Any additional shout outs?
2: Um, you know, I'm gonna give a shout out to a guy named, uh, Dan Ryan. Uh, Dan, uh, brought me, on board with his company, um, Ryan Aviation Group. So the the one thing I didn't tell you is I I work for a company on the side. I book private planes. And so um, when after you know Chester and Chris Cornell passed away, uh, he and I had been talking about you know me coming on board and working with him. And he brought me on board and taught me um, the company, the company side. So you know, if I didn't have the, um, the option of working with Dan Ryan, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing right now and hustle and, and, and try to feed all these people and share information and resources. So, um, it's allowed me, um, a chance to survive, to do other things, if that makes sense. So, Yeah.
0: Very good. Well, Jerome um, Crooks, we appreciate having you here today. You've been a fantastic guest. Definitely uh, had a lot of enlightened opinions and a lot of good things to say. And we hope our listeners take heed, take notice, join up in the cause, be part of the future and, uh, you know, make it through. Dallas, any shout outs from you?
1: Yeah, I want to give a shout out to all my amazing friends who listen to our show, who know nothing about our business, but um, have great insight. And uh, after listening to some of the things that they hear, and it's encouraging, you know, it's nice, totally out of the box, people listening to what we do. So that's a count.
0: Okay. Brother Banks. Uh, Shout out all my colleagues,
1: you know, that are still out there keeping the faith and staying positive. Um, you know we will get back to work keep the faith keep wearing your mask stay positive
0: excellent brother Hamilton
1: stay dry and hit straight for the golf <laughs>
0: course that is hit uh, straight so now we're hitting straight we're no longer shooting straight is that right we're doing both just checking <laughs> just checking all right his bullets well, have turned into golf balls. <laughs> no comment necessary from Callaway. me. I got it. Callaway. Ooh, this guy's a big spender. Mm, I'm, more with, I'm more with the top flight XLs myself. But uh, <laughs> anywho, appreciate y'all. Appreciate you, Jerome. Appreciate you. our listeners, my co-hosts. Another one in the can. Appreciate everybody out there. Keep your head up. Keep your mask on. Look forward to that better day. Get your vaccine when you can, where you can, if you can. Best wishes to Michael Strickland and those supporting his efforts on Capitol Hill. Let's get that plan in motion. Let's get that vaccine distributed and into the arms of everyone out there. Starting, by the way, with our parents, those that are uh, at risk. Uh, but let's, let's get that, uh, trickling down to those of us on the podcast today and our children, what have you, so that we can get back to work before long. So on that note, appreciate you all. Thank you. And good night.
2: Hey, this is tech support. Want to make sure you never miss the newest from Hustle Like You Broke? Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Podcast, and sign up for our mailing list by going to hustlelikeyoubroke.com slash join. You'll get updates about new episodes, bonus content, exclusive offers, and information on how to become a part of the music industry. Thanks for listening.